My name's Johnny Reinhardt, and I've lived in Southwest Michigan most of my life. It's such a wonderful community full of so many great things, but the best part is the people, families, history, and especially the stories that make it great. And with every story, you have to start somewhere. This is Start From The Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan. Welcome to a new episode of Start From The Beginning, and I am so excited for this one because this is a person that I've considered a, a great friend, colleague for many, many years, and we've had many conversations over the years, some recorded, some not recorded, but this has uh, been something that I looked forward to before we started, and I just enjoyed so much, so much so that we talked for over over close to an hour. So I decided we're going to split this up into two parts. So this is going to be the first part of my conversation with my good friend, Mr. Phil McDonald. Phil, thanks so much for being here, man. Thank you. I'm excited. This uh, is being recorded on your last day. Yeah, last full-time day. Last full-time day, yeah. yeah. You will be around uh, here at the radio station doing uh, some of the things you've been doing for a while, but uh, this is sort of like your exit interview. It's weird. I mean, I walked through the door this morning and thought, this is the last time I'm walking through on a daily basis. Yeah. And the first time you walked through, I mean, well, the first time you walked through these doors weren't wasn't your first day. You were actually the radio stations were somewhere else. Yeah. They were uh, down on the what they the, what everybody calls the island, mm-hmm. which is where currently where Pier Thirty Three is. Yeah, right. Uh huh. So what was what was it? Well, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to your your life. We'll start from the beginning in a little bit. But I want to know what was it like in, at that radio station? Was that place pretty cool? It was pretty cool. Lots more. And then it was just two stations, WSJM and WIRX. And uh, WSJM was the one that had uh, the live DJs, Mm -hmm. if you want to call them. And WIRX was all automated. And then, uh, you know, Jim Gifford came on, started doing the morning show on IRX and then added to that. And um, yeah, you walk in and like the traffic director's office was right there. The front office person was working there. The receptionist was working there. It was kind of a maze. Yeah. It's kind of like what it is here as far as a little bit of a maze, but it was, it, it had a real comfy feel to mm. it. Did people have to take kayaks to get their, like to pick up prizes and things, or did you have to take a kayak to get <laughs> well, to work? I, I never witnessed that, but they wouldn't surprise me because there were a lot of times, and I don't know if it ever happened when I was there, but there were a number of times where the water level of the river oh, yeah. would rise so much, they actually had to put sandbags around the station so it wouldn't flood. Because I guess the station did flood a number of times. Oh, I'm sure being that r- right there on the channel, yeah. that would, wow. And, and I, Pat Moody would tell me the story, and so would uh, Spencer Rivers, that... um the area down where the station was flooded so bad one time that all the employees had to park up at the then St. Joe Holiday mm-hmm. Inn. And then I think it was Spencer would uh, go up in the station van, which was up a little bit higher. Oh, and yeah. drive through the water and bring them to the station. He told me that he had to pick people up. <clears throat> yeah. That's crazy. It is. So let's let's start from the beginning. Uh you grad. This is the great part: is that it's it's that full circle moment. Is that you graduated from Lake Michigan Catholic. Now you're going to go back and work 
mm-hmm. at Lake Michigan Catholic as the athletic director. But were you born here in Southwest Michigan? No, I was born in Skokie, Illinois, okay. just outside of Chicago. And we moved here when I was four years old. Okay. Don't remember the move. Right. But yeah. I, I, I was told I was four when we moved here uh, and then lived here the rest of my life. Yeah. And siblings, you have what, uh, two older brothers? Two or? younger brothers, two although younger I brothers? like to say they're older. Again, some people will actually ask, who's the older one? I will go that he is. Because <laughs> all your, both your brothers, you said you have two younger brothers? Two younger brothers and an older sister. But your brothers, I will say, because uh, you, uh, I don't know what you've done, if you, what your secret is, if you're a vampire or what, but your brothers look older than you. Yeah, and I have done least a brother I've seen that yeah. I have seen pictures of looks older. So yeah, I don't know what your secret is. I, I don't know. Well, as soon as I figure <laughs> it out, I'll let you know. <laughs> so you went to school at Lake Michigan. So four years old, and then so yeah, you're pretty much your uh, your entire school like, was yeah. Lake Michigan Catholic. Well, right? I started in uh, Benton Harbor Schools. Okay, is where we lived in Benton Township. Uh, kindergarten through third grade was at Lafayette School. Mm. which was, I mean, if mom and dad drove us, it was two minute drive or we took the bus and then fourth, fifth and sixth grade was North shore school. And that was North shore school was in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It, when it closed, then it became a tri County head start. North shore school is like right on M 63 Yeah, going from St. Joe to the whirlpool ad center. It's just on the left. So that was our neighborhood. And so we would walk to school and then after sixth grade, I, uh, my parents transferred me to Lake Michigan Catholic. And I think my sister may have transferred. Well, actually we all transferred at the same time. So my sister, when she transferred, she was in high school. I transferred, I was in middle school and my two brothers transferred and we were in, um, they were in elementary school. Wow. And so what was young Phil like, or did you go by Philip? Well, Philip. You were Philip. So you were Philip McDonald. Yeah. Okay. So what was young Philip like? I've been told I was uh, a handful. I mean, uh, just going off crazy yeah. on, you know, and I guess I uh, I had a, a temper at times. Oh. Yeah. What, it, this is weird. I, yeah. It is I weird. Don't, you're yeah. the most mild-mannered uh, person that not only uh, has smooth as far as your delivery of everything you've done uh, on the air and, and what, every time I listen to you, but even like... In when you face adversity of like, if uh, something happens, like the power goes out or the lights go out, you just, it doesn't sound like anything's wrong. You're just like, yeah. continue your broadcast, just as smooth uh, delivery. So you had I'm a guessing, temper. Yeah, I, get, I guess I got it out of my system when I was a kid. Okay. And <laughs> that works. It, it does work. Or unless you're, did your parents kind of say, all right, Phil, or well, Philip. Philip. It's time and to. Actually, I think the temper was more with my siblings. Oh. Than it was with my parents. Okay. Did you guys get along or did oh, you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we, yeah, we got along extremely well. And we are so close then and just as close, if not more now. Yeah. Wow. So, and then, uh, so yen, then young Philip, uh, you played sports? Because obviously you're the sports director. So I assume you, you at least dabbled in, in sports and, and enjoyed it. So. Yeah. When I was a kid, I think the only sport I played was baseball okay peanut league and little league in the uh the hager uh baseball league okay um so i did peanut league and little league and that was really the only sports i played and when i went uh got into middle school 
Then um, I started playing basketball. And, you know, as a little kid, you always have the uh, the dreams of being the one person at the uh, the buzzer jumping and, you know, yep. dunking the ball. Yep. And I, I could never come close to dunking the ball. And the only time I was in the game when this buzzer sounded is if we were up or down by 40 points. <laughs> so <laughs> you're that kid. You're like, I was oh, that, right. We got to get we got to let everybody play. Mm-hmm. So get get Phil uh, up out yeah. of the, uh, off the bleachers. And then I started running cross country when I was in middle school. And then uh, I played basketball again my freshman year. And I finally realized, mm, not I'm not so going to get much better. Yeah. Uh, so I stopped playing basketball and then helped out like as a, a student manager and stuff for basketball. And then my uh, best friend, uh, Rusty Cutter and I, we would uh, help out like up in the the press box uh, filming the football games for oh. Coach Rose uh, and then continue to run cross country and track. Okay. So when you were in school and, and uh, was... Was WSJM covering sports at that time? Do you remember? They were. Yeah, when I was in high school, WSJM was covering sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember, unless they did both. Dave Dennis and Elmer Doberstein did okay. the basketball games. Whenever they showed up, and you know, t- no disrespect, to, I felt bad for Dave. Uh, Dave Dennis, because he was the yeah. full-time employee here at the radio station. He's one of the guys. He and Brenda Lane hired me. Okay. Uh, uh, but so Dave Dennis was the main guy here, but Elmer Doberson, everyone called him Elmer D. Is when mm-hmm. they showed up, hey, Elmer D's here. Like, well, so's Dave. But it, it, so it was always a big deal. Elmer D's here. And I can't remember if the two of them did football or somebody else did football. Okay. But then they stopped. I don't Maybe when I was in college, they stopped doing sports. And then when I started working here first year, they weren't doing it, but they luckily brought it back. Yeah. Now, when you were, you know, hanging out on the bench, you know, playing sports and, and kind of helping with the press box and things like that, did you, because, you know, you always talk to people that, that get into the radio or broadcasting, they're, they always say they'd, you know, play records and then they mm-hmm. talk between the records and things like that. that. And, and you were one of those people that did that. <clears throat> I did that. So, cause yeah. yeah, cause you had a long uh, stint on uh, being on the coast mm-hmm. uh, for many years. And like you said, when, when WSJM started, that was a, a music station, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. So it wasn't it was what it is. The spirit of the Southwest Ooh. is what WSJM was when I started. What kind of music was that? It at that was time? like, uh, like adult contemporary, almost sure. like what, the coast was not too long ago. Yeah. Okay. So like the kind of the hits for the, yeah. the eighties. Yeah. So, wow. Um, and then we would, uh, Rusty and I would, uh, a couple of games do play by play. Just joking. Okay. When we were filming the game and it, we, it, I found out later that some of the stuff we were saying, the players were, you know, cracking up when they were watching the film. Really? So Mr. Rose shut the, uh, the audio off. Oh, and it no. was just video. So because they had to concentrate on that and not cracking up with what we were doing. Killing your dreams, right. coach. Right. So so you liked that. You enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And what was what would you say when you were growing up was your your favorite sport? Because I know you're you're a you're a Cubs fan. You love the fighting Irish, but what is your your go-to sport that you say, if I can only watch one sport for the rest of my life, this is going to be it. College football. College football. Notre yeah. Dame football or Primarily college? Notre Dame football. But yeah. when I was a kid and even now, um, 
if if I'm not doing much on a Saturday, I'm watching it from the noon kickoff until the West Coast game is done. Yeah, I just love college football. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm I'm the same where I love my teams, but if there is a game on, I'm gonna watch it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's like you know Tulane University playing right. Boise, yeah. you know, State University or something like that. Cause I know it's gonna be football. Mm-hmm. And there's there's obviously gonna be talented kids on all the all yeah. the teams. So it's gonna be something fun to watch. Right. And you know, I it's better when you have these obscure schools playing against each other mm-hmm. because then you have I, I always hate when the powerhouses are playing those tiny schools. Right. Unless there's an upset, which yeah, is like great. Alabama plays the Citadel or right. something. It's like where'd that come yeah, from? Yeah, this brush off sixty-two yeah. to zero game. Mm-hmm. So you loved sports and you went to school. So when you went off to college, you knew I want to be a I want to be a broadcaster. Yeah, I did. I, I majored at Albion College. Uh, the only major that came close was speech communication and theater, but they also had a, a student-run radio station on campus. So okay. I went through all the, uh, the ma- you know, I got the major, I worked at the, uh, the radio station, I think it was all four years. And then I, I believe it was my senior year, the, um, faculty advisor of the, uh, of the station, he was, uh, I think he was from Canada cause he had kind of like a Canadian accent, mm-hmm. but he would always call me Puxatawney Phil. <laughs> he found out, oh, he didn't even know that was my birthday. But the name was Phil, and so if I'm, you know, down the hall, Puxatawney Phil, can you come here? It's always Puxatawney Phil. Is your birthday Groundhog yeah, Day? Yeah, it is. No way. Yeah, it is. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it, because I know Zach East always does it, and obviously the classic movie, and the, uh, the I can't remember the actor's name, but in the movie, the guy always says, Phil? Yeah. Phil? So Zach always does that, and he, he even said, when you're not going to be here full-time every day... He's going to miss saying that every time you walk down the hall. But I didn't realize that Groundhog Day is actually your birthday. It is. That's and so crazy. all, you know, my sister and my brothers will jokingly call me. So did you see your shadow? Yeah. <laughs> like that's I, where we go by. I think I would trust your prediction <laughs> over a Groundhog <laughs> <Right>. any day. <laughs> so when you were going to go to college for broadcasting and do all that and, and you said, uh, what was it? It was something, something in theater. Oh, speech communication in theater. Did you do theater at all? I never, never did theater in high school. Okay. Uh, never, you know, was in a production in college. And I, I, whenever I speak at a career education class, mm-hmm. um, I tell the classes or I, I'll ask the students, are you ever sitting in a class thinking I am never going to use this? And everyone <laughs> raises their hand. Yeah. Uh, well, I had part of the, um, uh, major was I had to take an acting class. At Albion, I didn't have to be in a production, but I had to take an acting class. Okay. And uh, as you know, like in, in radio, when you're doing a show, your boss, your program director will, what we call is air check you. So they'll, yeah. you know, you'll record your show. They'll listen to bits and pieces of it and give you pointers and stuff. Kind of like a director giving notes. Yeah. Yeah. So Brenda Lane, uh, and again, she was the one who originally hired me along with uh, Dave Dennis. She was the program director. And, uh, the summer before I had to have the acting class, you know, she was air checking my, uh, my work and stuff and gave me some pointers, went off to school. One of the semesters I had to have the acting class. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back again, the following summer, she's air checking me. And she goes, what happened? I go, what do you mean? She <laughs> goes, 
you sound so much more relaxed and sure. you sound like you and it's not forced. I go, you know what? I think it was that acting class. And what's weird is an acting class, you're playing a character, mm-hmm. but somehow that helped me be me on the sure. radio. Yeah. And so I said, and I'm sitting in that class thinking I'm never going to use this, but I have to have it for my major. And here it is. That's probably the one thing that helped me the most as far as my delivery on the air goes. Yeah. Oh, same here. I mean, I always tell people theater, just take one theater class and you will, because that's the hardest thing is that you can learn the technical side of everything, of every job. Mm -hmm. But if you're not comfortable in it, and especially radio, if you're not comfortable doing it, you got thousands of people that can tell you're not fully comfortable and you're also not being yourself. Yeah. And that's what I, I've always liked, even before I've worked with you these past 15 years, uh, is that when I was listening to you when I was in school, is that I was like, Phil just sounds like, not only it's a smooth delivery, Phil just sounds like somebody I want to hang out with. <laughs> well, the mission accomplished, because yeah, that's why ex- they wanted it. Exactly. <laughs> so what did your parents say when you were going to go to college and say, I want to be, be a broadcaster? What were, what were their thoughts? Totally supportive. Because what did, what did they do for a living? Uh, my dad, from what I can remember, his first, and again, this is before I was born mm-hmm. or when I was very young, he and my grandfather uh, ran an insurance agency in okay. Chicago. And so he was working in insurance. And then I don't know how it came about. Uh, he got a job at Whirlpool. So that's why oh, we okay. moved here. And my dad worked at Whirlpool for several years and then there was a big layoff and then he had, you know, several other jobs, including working at the, the YMCA. He was like the, uh, the financial guy or the mm-hmm. bookkeeper or whatever. And my mom, for the most part, was a, a stay at home mom. Okay. Um, when my dad was, uh, laid off and it was bouncing between jobs, she, um, got a part-time job working from home, luckily. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I I didn't follow their career paths sure. or anything. And I don't know what my mom's career would have been mm-hmm. uh, if she had stayed single longer or anything, but um, no, they were very supportive. It's not like, you know, do you really want to do this? Sure. Maybe you want to do this. <clears throat> it was never like that. And your, your siblings, did they do anything of this sort or no. did they, did they follow sort of your, is any of them in that financial world? Like, like, or insurance my, or anything like that? Uh, not insurance, but they're more on the, yeah, they're more on the, on the business. Yeah. So more the business track. Sure. And yeah. you know, my, my two brothers have had a couple of jobs and my sister has had a couple of jobs. It's almost like it's the same thing, but for a different company and yeah. stuff. And it, it, it's weird how it, they'll, you know, tell you what they do and you try to process it. But then when somebody asks you, so what do they do? It's like, <laughs> I really can't explain it. In other words, I don't remember. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's for you. It's simple when they're explaining what yeah. you do. They're like, oh, what does your, your brother Phil do? It's like, well, he talks on the radio. Right. Exactly. Like it's <laughs> that simple. Yeah. But it's more than that. And, and really, I think uh, you've honed your skills over, over this amount of time. Do you remember your first time broadcasting, like whether it was on the music station or maybe your first uh, game? Uh, that you had to call. I think the first time I was on the air, I was um, the I was working the overnight shift, and I was running the controls for syndicated network broadcasting. Uh-huh. It was TalkNet with uh, Bruce Williams and Sally Jesse Raphael, and then overnight wow. was uh, 
Larry King and Jimbo Hannon. Um, and then I can't remember what happened, uh, but the 5 to 6 a.m. slot became available before Pat Moody went on at 6 o'clock. Yeah. So they said, well, why don't you just stay and you do the 5 o'clock hour? I was like, what? Before Pat Moody? Yeah. I mean, mind you, this was Pat Moody, not 47 or however many years. This was Pat Moody. Yeah, he's still seasoned. Had probably, what, oh, yeah. a, a decade under his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that must have been a little gut-wrenching. Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up, you, you turn on WSJM to see if there are any school closings or mom and dad are listening to it as they're getting ready for work. And there's Pat Moody. And the first time I met him, it's like, hi, Mr. Moody. Yeah. And it, it took me a while for him to start calling for me to start calling him Pat. It was all Mr. Moody. Yeah, yeah. You you were telling me that the other day is that uh, you just called everybody Mister. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sign of respect, of course. And you're the young kid that's coming in there, and these people, uh, some you you grew up listening to uh, on the radio. You are now working with mm-hmm. them. Yeah, and I mean, knowing Brenda's Brenda Lane's voice, listening to her on the air, and. Uh, the way she hired me, I was working part-time uh, one of the summers, probably my first summer in college, uh, doing desk work at the YMCA, just mm. the customer, sure. the uh, member services desk. And um, my brother was working there too. He knew Brenda before I did. And um, he mentioned to Brenda, hey, my brother, Philip, mm-hmm. um, is interested in getting in, in radio. You were still Philip at that time? Well, family. Okay. Uh, family still calls you yeah, Philip. Yeah. Okay. And to this day, family or people that we grew, that grew up with us in the neighborhood, it's Philip. Okay. Everyone else, it's Phil. But yeah, family and close family friends, it's Philip. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's how I was introduced to Brenda Lane. We talked and then uh, she hired me. And she uh, one of the phone calls I had to give her, it wasn't the first night I was on the air, but one overnight, you know, they trained you. And to this day, even here, you train them to the best you can. Right. But there are always certain situations where you don't think of, you don't think of training them. Yep. Well, there was a thunderstorm overnight. So it was Mm. after midnight. The tower got hit by lightning. Power went off. Oh no. Like, Ooh, they never trained me how to deal with this. (laughs) So I called Brenda and she said, well, call Spencer. And then Spencer, you know, he picks up the phone. Oh, Spencer, it's Phil. Oh, it's like, oh man, this is not going to go well. But he finally woke up and talked me through getting things back on. Is that still, does that still scare you? Because to me, to this day, calling an engineer yes. in the middle of the night or early in the morning, calling anybody really, yeah. when you haven't, when you don't know what to do, when you, when you get to that stage where you look at the, the book and says, if this, then this. If you get to that point and you still can't fix the problem, it's so hard to call somebody and yeah, wake them up early in the morning. I've been, uh, even to this day, I still, mm-hmm. if I know it's, if it's 6 a.m. and I need to call the engineer, I try my darndest to try and figure out what the problem is. Yeah. And that's, that's how I learned. You learn trial by fire you with do. a lot of, with a lot of jobs, but this just one, keep, especially it's like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep pushing buttons. Until everything is at the point of, I can't fix it. And that's how I learned most of the stuff. I would get to the point of, yeah, so this has been going on for 30 minutes of, I still can't fix the problem. Why didn't you call me when it first happened? 
Well, because I didn't want to wake you up at six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Right. I don't want to do that. Yeah. He's like, well, I appreciate that, but mm-hmm. we need to get back on the air. Yeah. So you learned then through that thunderstorm how to then, I guess, turn the power back on right. or and whatever. Get the you transmitter need to do. back on and and that. Yeah. Wow. Do you remember your first uh, you know game, whether it's football or basketball? The first game I don't remember. I know I was doing uh, color commentary. Joe Bornstein was okay. doing play by play. So yeah, I don't remember the, and I wish I did. Yeah. And at that time we were doing a game of the week. Cause of, mm-hmm. so it could have been St. Joe could have been Lakeshore, Benton Harbor, right. Lake Michigan Catholic. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I wish I, I, I wish I remembered Joe might remember. Oh, but, I'm sure he does. Yeah. He, he, anytime he comes and he doesn't work here anymore, but anytime he comes into the building for uh, his other job, he always will reminisce about, you know, back when the Benton Harbor games or this or that, mm-hmm. or that many years ago. Um, what would you say would be your most memorable game that you called? Cause I mean, you've done great football games, big rivalries, many of those being the St. Joe Lakeshore rivalry, right. what 30 some years of, of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's state championships and other things. What would you say was your, I mean, you probably can't pick favorites because that's tough to do, but what would you say is your most memorable? There are two that stand out there. I mean, whether it be regular season or playoff games, I mean, like you said, St. Joe and Lakeshore in football, when you've got people standing five deep along the fence line because the stadium is Mm -hmm. is packed Mm -hmm. and all that, and it just gives you goosebumps. I mean, you love those, and I'm all about atmosphere, but um, I even, uh, when I was talking with Al Aaron from the, uh, the, paper and yeah. uh, you know with pat moody with moody on the market and in that um two of them stand out and it was either the first or second year we were doing play-by-play the lake michigan catholic girls basketball team won the state championship they were class c then and that was what 1988 okay and joe beckman was the was the coach and they won the state championship they played at grand valley and at the end of it, I'm, you know, I'm yelling and screaming. I'm, I'm the homer. And I was doing color commentary and Joe's probably just telling me, calm down. But I mean, my high school just won a, a state championship. I mean, that was a huge thrill. Mm-hmm. And then just a few years ago, 2018, when Benton Harbor boys won the uh, basketball state championship. Yeah. And, uh, and again, the standard there. Uh, every year is Benton Harbor should win a state championship sure. and they don't. And then people are wondering what, what's going on. Why aren't we winning state championships? Right. And uh, I mean, the bar is set so high there when they finally won that state championship after so many years and just the expression of coach Corey Sterling on the bench, it just, I mean, he went to his knees mm-hmm. to pray real quick and the players just running around the court, the excitement, Yeah. Um, those two. Uh, and again, there were so many great games in, in that, but those two stand out to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that, and you think about it, especially with Benton Harbor is that, yeah, that over the years you called games of, of players that then played in the NBA. Yeah. You know, so that's like you said, is that they had, there's so much talent mm-hmm. uh, at Benton Harbor and all around the area of sports but that is Benton Harbor, especially because yeah, you've got all these players that go on to college and then go on to play in the NBA, right? 
and then even some in the WNBA, and mm-hmm. uh, and so that's just awesome to to see that stuff. And you know, you can say, well, I called your first game. Yeah, I called your first right. high school game. I was there, and I will say, when I was in school as a, a not so great athlete, um, it was just like you said, it was a big deal when that person shows up to broadcast your game. When you would show up to an occasional uh, game at my school to to cover something or, or or check something out, if we had like a a Saturday game, if you weren't calling another game, you were able to at least cover it and yeah. check it out. We're like, we would stop in the middle of the pregame huddle and say, "Did you guys see Phil McDonald's here?" Oh my gosh! Like I'm I'm yeah. telling you the truth, not because you're sitting in front of me. This is the God's honest truth. We would say, "Oh man." Phil McDonald's here. Wow. We better like play really well today. Oh my God. Cause Phil McDonald's here. I never knew that. Like this is going to be on the radio. Yeah. And, and that's, I still hope that, that kids are like that when they see you or any other, uh, to see that coverage. And I mean, cause I come from a small school mm-hmm. that wasn't able to always be, cause you guys would always be busy with the, you know, Ben Harbor, St. Joe Lakeshore or any, some of the other big games. Right. But I think back then, and I, I wouldn't know, but did you have like a game of the week or something like that that you guys would cover? We did for a long time. We were doing game of the week uh, until we, uh, when, you know, WSJM mm-hmm. Incorporated, whatever you want to call it, bought Cozy, the yeah. South Haven stations. Yeah. Because at that time, Cozy had two signals. Mm-hmm. Their South Haven station was doing all St. Joe games. Yeah. And their Stevensville station was, do, or their Bridgman, I guess, was, but their offices were in Stevensville. Mm-hmm. They were doing all the Lakeshore games. And then when we purchased them, we kept Lakeshore on the same signal it was. We then put all St. Joe games on WSJM as opposed to a game of the week. And then all South Haven games were on the South Haven station. Mm-hmm. So that's when we stopped doing the game of the week and then started doing all St. Joe games and WSJM. Um, but we still, when there was you know availability, if there was a game being played on Saturday, you know, man, can we do it? If all yeah. Claire is playing, if LMC is playing, if, you know, whoever, uh, can we do the game just so you know, we've got sure. it, yeah. spread the wealth kind of thing. Right. Yeah. See what's going on. Cause I mean, yeah, if the, if the team, uh, or, you know, I think at one point, uh, we, I think we were playing LMC at that time, and it was we were both undefeated. So it was like it was going to be a good game, and like you said, it's mm-hmm. like we want to show some love to those, but also probably on your side is like, I just want to see a good football game. Yes, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it get a chance to go on a Friday or a Saturday or whenever we were playing to check out that game it would be great. Thank you for listening to Start From The Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan. Special thanks to our guests for telling their stories. And if you have a story to tell, I'd love to hear more. Please reach out to me by emailing letstalk at wsjm.com. That's letstalk at wsjm.com. You can listen to this podcast and all the episodes wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This is a Midwest Family Production. I'm Johnny Reinhardt. Join me next time for another great story on Start from the Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan.